The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Welcome to the program. We've got uh, a great one scheduled for tonight. Looking forward to this. We've got Kim Stanwood Terranova joining us. She is a practitioner of truth from the Agape International Spiritual Center in Los Angeles. We'll be talking about her book called The Technology of Intention, Activating the Power of the Universe Within You. This will be a good, good conversation, particularly in a time when a lot of people are stressed by about a lot of different things. Looking forward to this. Hello to everybody in our chat rooms, whether you're in our Twitch chat room or the YouTube chat room. I welcome you. Thanks for being there. Be sure to visit us on YouTube. Follow us there. Uh, subscribe to the channel. It's just JV Johnson's Beyond Paranormal. If you search for JV Johnson, you'll find it easily enough. And go to Twitch as well. The Twitch channel is available at twitch.tv slash JV Johnson. And uh, follow for sure, but please subscribe too. If you have a an Amazon Prime account, you can subscribe to the Twitch channel. There's no fee or anything to do that. If you don't have an Amazon account to subscribe, there is a fee. But... Um, the thing about the Amazon Prime subscriptions, you have to renew it every month because it just it only lasts a month and you've got to do it again. It's just the way it works. And I know a couple people didn't realize that. Do that, Twitch, YouTube, and of course the podcast version of the show available on all major podcast distribution platforms. We encourage you to subscribe there as well. Those downloads have been terrific the last few days. We hit a bit of a kind of a slow patch. We usually get about 10,000 downloads a day. And uh, when people stop commuting... There was a bit of a lull. It didn't go down much, but it went down a little bit. And when when uh, I thought, okay, well, this is going to be uh, a little lower than average due to the people not commuting. But uh, that, that we've recently seen, have had a huge t- uptick in the number of downloads. So uh, people are, I guess, getting bored enough that they're looking for something to listen to. Uh, regardless, anyway, hey, welcome, everybody. We have a great show. We're going to get underway here uh, and get our guest, Kim Stanwood Terranova, on the show to talk about her book, The Technology of Intention. Looking for our guest's book? Go to Amazon.com slash shop slash JVJTaps. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A whole bunch of questions flowing through our chat rooms. We'll get to some of those. They're mostly about my hair, though. That's the problem. And listen, I'm not going to be responsible for the way the hair looks like. In fact, I stopped taking responsibility for the way my hair looks uh, about two weeks, maybe three weeks into April. At that point, it was no longer my responsibility. Uh, But we're excited tonight to be uh, talking with uh, Kim Stanwood Terranova. Kim is the author of a book called The Technology of Intention. We're going to find out what that's all about what uh, her work is all about, and I'm excited to have her along. Kim, welcome to Beyond Reality. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm just overjoyed and honored to be here with you. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm very curious how you're dealing with, um, maybe you're in California, right? I am. Yeah. Do you still have uh, hair salons and barbershops and stuff closed (laughs) there? Because we can't get a haircut in New York. I haven't had a haircut since January. January, Kim, it's been that long. I understand. No, it's like a hot topic here. You know, everyone's on social media talking about how they have to color their own hair. Ladies are going crazy. They don't know what to do without their manicurist. It's a lot. I know. I mean, there's a lot of things that cause stress in our lives. This one isn't one any of us planned on. I don't think anyway. Very true. I agree. <laughs> and it's definitely having impact across the board for everyone. It sure is. Tell me about yourself. How did you find this path and this purpose for your life's work? Oh, I found this path through a lot of pain. You know, I, it, I was at a point in my life um, that I just knew I was odd and getting messages in different situations and mystical experiences as I was a child that didn't quite make sense with where everyone else was at in the world. And about probably college time, the pain was getting intense. 
of really not understanding why everyone didn't want to know how the universe worked and functioned and what was going on on a deeper level. And through being in pain, I bumped into somebody, thank goodness, that took me to a spiritual center in the Oakland Hills in California. And it was, it was like my liftoff that somebody stood on a pulpit and said, yes, you create your own reality and there's a pathway to it. And I just kind of lit up and thought, oh, thank you. Somebody give me the answers. So was it more of an epiphany where you realized that, wow, I'm actually in charge of myself here. I just had to recognize that. Yes, and I wasn't raised, you know, in an environment that that kind of language was being stated. So it was an epiphany, but it was such a breath of fresh air that it was something I felt inside all along that, wait a minute, we can create our own reality. And I kept bumping up against walls. So when I found someone who said, yes, there's a pathway to it, and let me assist you on that, it just, it, that part was the epiphany, that I wasn't the only one out there that was just a little bit odd. I am, um, I'm going to warn you now, um, you've got a tremendous amount of energy. I'm a little concerned I'm going to be able to keep up tonight. <laughs> I mean, of I course. I tell you, I do. It's true, JV, it's true. I have so much energy that there's times that people think, are you, is she going to sit down? And when I'm speaking on a stage, I'm, I know that there's a good chance I could come off of it because I just can't help it. Well, it's, I guess it's a, it's a good trait to have for sure. And was this part of, of this awakening for you? Did you find that energy within yourself as part of this whole process? <laughs> no, I think I think I, I came in with that. Okay. Yeah, I came in with a lot of energy. <laughs> I've never wanted to sleep much. I don't want to miss a thing. And it takes a while for me to know, oh, I've got to take some rest here. And, and, and that's part of my growing edge is rest. Because to me, life is really exciting. And I don't want to miss one detail. Now, when you talk about um, these these concepts, these things we're going to be talking about tonight as they relate yes. to your books, do you put them into a uh, uh, an envelope that we would call spirituality or some type of spirituality? Uh, spiritual connection? Yes, I would put them into that envelope. It's a great way to say it. And if someone, I'm really clear that we all get to honor what words land on each other. And someone that doesn't say spirituality doesn't fit for them, it's a path of just major self-care of where we should come back to the power within ourselves. So whether someone wants to call that that connection to myself or my soul I call it spirituality. So my spiritual practices are also practices that others can absolutely embrace as a as practices of self-care that keep them awake in this, you know, in this world, in this reality. How did we as a uh, people, as a population uh, become, and I'm using spirituality in the sense of how you just defined it, um, not in a religious sense. So how did we yes. become so spiritually confused or spiritually lost? Mm. And so you're saying across the board, how did how did we as humanity become so spiritually lost? Well, that was the, my follow-up question would be, does, mm-hmm. is this all of humanity or is this limited to our uh, American culture or Western culture? Or, mm. you know, where where is the epicenter of this? That's a really good question. I I find that we, I don't know that I know, think that we're spiritually lost. I think we're waking up, JV, and it takes some of us longer to wake up than others. And I think that because of the life we live, it is so full and so fast. And at any moment, we could have information, some information we don't want to see from anywhere around the world at any time. And the beauty of our own technology in the world that brings us so much that we could fly anywhere in the world, well, usually we can, <laughs> we could really have access to information over has also created a place where we question a lot of it, understandably, and we could fall into a path of thinking our information is from outside of us. It's all based on what somebody says, somebody else did. And the second, and we've done that throughout history, you know, has really looked out at what does a leader say? What does this person say? What does our neighbor say before we go within and find out, wait a second, what fits for me, which is that path of going back within as our spiritual path. So I think that we got off track somewhere, and I think we get off track in history, then we get back on track, then off track as, as humans. And it's part of our own individual growth and opportunity of remembering who we are, and then individually collectively. And I, when I say that, J.B., I don't mean that it's, it's 
that we have to all think the same. I think that was the problem with, you know, religions that separated one religion was good, the other one was bad. If the belief is, well, mine is right and yours is wrong, right there we just slipped into separation, which takes us out of the spiritual truth of oneness. So there's a, there's a lot of answers to that question, and it's a great question. Yeah, I, I, I'm, this might be an unfair follow-up, and I don't mean to put you on the spot with this, but um, you said this kind of ebbs and flows, there, which implies that there were times through the history of humanity where we have had that uh, appropriate spirituality, that connection, um, and we kind of lost our way, or we, and it comes and goes. Is there an example? Can you, can you offer me an example mm. of, of history, uh, right. historical context, when you think maybe we had found it, we were in the right place? Or is, that, is it too nebulous? Well, well, it's a, the we there is, so it, it, that's going to be different for everyone. Okay. So, for, for, so in other words, some people would look towards, you know, Jesus right there, right? Like, oh, mm-hmm. we, we're on track there, but others did not think we were. So it's like the we, there's so many places of that, whether it's Buddha, whether it's who were those spiritual leaders, beings, that were really making impact. And very often we killed them, right, because yeah. of fear. Yeah. So... So in that, I think there's been lots of times that it's there. And I, like I prefaced at the beginning of this, I don't know that it's ever been completely gone for me. I think it's always been there. And then life takes so many turns and masses of people can go in certain turns. And we get to keep coming back to within wherever we're at in the world. Like what honors me really authentically me of integrity, if I'm moving in a path of self-love, that's going to bring love to humanity, to others. And that's a big, a big practice is to live a life of self-love. You say, you say that, um, you know, we live very full lives and we have, a, you know, we can travel places and we can connect instantly to anyone almost, anywhere almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also see a lot of people who kind of sleepwalk through their lives. And, you know, to quote John Lennon, um, life is what happens while we're busy making other plans. And a lot of people live that mm-hmm. way. They don't, they don't celebrate their life and they don't celebrate each day. Do you find that to be true? Yes. I think that is where we can be in out of balance societies where when I'm, you know, when I'm speaking about our inner technology, I'm really looking at what you're pointing to, which is when we are always looking outside and not in the present moment. The power is within the present moment where we can truly expand our healing, our joy, our understanding of each moment. And the second we go out of the other moments and aren't enjoying the moment-to-moment-to-moment events, then we are living in some outside feeling tone instead of coming right back here. So it's, it's always about how can I get back to my center? In, in my book, it is. How can I get back to my center so that the activity I take out into the world is from the present moment, not all about I want to get there. Is that Are we in, a, in an epidemic, and maybe we've always been at an epidemic level, maybe that's a poor taste of words given what's going on, but I apologize for that, but are we at a point where too many of us are – uh, looking, you know, it's it's the old saying, the grass is greener. We're looking for that. Mm. Something we don't have will make us happy, yet we probably have everything we need to be happy if we just stop looking for something else. Mm. So are you saying, are we in that right now? I'm, I'm curious as to whether this is, this mm-hmm. is I, I, I suspect that it's very, very common for people to live that way. And I mm-hmm. use the word epidemic, but I don't know what the proper word is. But is it common? I think it is. I think that in society, we look outside for that fulfillment. So if we're always doing that, we're not coming back to the place inside to find our happiness. And that, and right now what's happening you know, in these last few months in yeah. this time is I'm finding many more people. There's places where there's silver linings and many more people and clients I work with are finding treasured moments with those they walk with in life that they'd missed before. You know, individuals who thought they would only had to be at work are suddenly enjoying different opportunities to work from home. I have clients that are coming to me and saying, I never spent this much time with my family and I'm finding out things about them that I never knew. And how can I live this onward? Like we have an opportunity right now to really be grateful for the moments 
of what we are gaining in the quiet time. It doesn't mean that there aren't challenges. There's big challenges, but we're going to get through those big challenges if we really cultivate, wait, this present moment, there's things that are being healed and revealed in my own family, in my own life, in my own home, since I'm really spending more time here. Kim, were we born this way or do we learn to be this way? Are we pushed into thinking that way? And when I say that way, I mean looking outside of ourselves for happiness. Mm, I think it's part of what happens when we go out into the world and start bumping into the elements of the world. I don't think we're born with it. I think we come in knowing that we've got a light within us to absolutely cultivate and then then we start to forget because we're looking out at other people's perceptions and what other people are telling us what is about, and we forget the power of what we have within us. Ken, is it compatible to uh, be uh, aspire to um, win in 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 I don't know your career in in your in your love life in the things that we use as markers to judge our success? Is it compatible to be aggressive and compete? Uh, fully in those arenas, yet still find happiness from within ourselves? Yes, and I'm, I'm a real believer that anything's possible. So if the intention is pure, every, and that's where it comes back for me, is if the intention is pure in business, that the, someone goes into business to have a fulfilling career and to really create financial wealth and abundance, and their intention is not to harm. Their intention is to truly, that's their pathway of being of service. They can absolutely find fulfillment in fulfilling their career and their passion or whatever that is, and to simultaneously build this element of massive self-expression that is authentic. We can have, I don't think it's one or the other. We can have both. It's where is our consciousness if we're going for it to harm someone else or to be bigger or better than someone else, then we have a mentality of, again, I've got to be more than you to be more powerful. And that's where we could get tripped up. So help me understand this scenario then. If I'm Mm -hmm. competing with somebody for a a job and I have Mm -hmm. to, and I work harder and I defeat them in that quest and I get the job, they don't. That's not selfish? Mm -hmm. That's pure still, based on what you said? That's not selfish. If your intention is to do the best you can and land that job, then I trust that there's something really good for that other person also that they have to discover. No, I don't think it's selfish. I think if your intention is pure, if you were doing it to harm the other person, that's a different story. But if you're saying, both of us are going for this job and I'm going to do the best I can, and absolutely bring forward all my tools, then there's always room for someone else to find their unique path. Do they want to hear that when they found out they lost the job? No, that's probably not the time they want to hear it. Right. It's probably not the time I would say it to them. I would help them through, okay, great, what are you feeling, and let's move through that to find the next step for you, because this one landed for that person. But I wouldn't claim that as being selfish for you. What has the onslaught of technology into our lives. I mean, it was not that long ago. It was, I don't know, Mm -hmm. maybe 20 years ago where, uh, you know, we Mm -hmm. weren't carrying around devices that had the world at our fingertips. We didn't have Facebook that we, you know, felt we had to check 20 times a day. We didn't have YouTube, you know, all these things that we, that are now basically part of every American's uh, or maybe even globally, uh, every person's day. They didn't exist. Yes. Uh, and they've just mm-hmm. they've just flooded our lives to the point where they uh, we they control a lot of what we do during the course of of every day. How much has that mm-hmm. affected the way we live and 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 the things that we're talking about today as as it relates to how we look or don't look uh, in mm-hmm. our into ourselves for this power? It affects us in massive ways. And that is where we will be out of balance and remain out of balance if we don't get our inner technology up and really activated on a full level. The beauty of all of the screens that have been created for us to look to have really assisted us in many ways. And if we, the element where we have fallen down, I'll say, is that when we look to a screen instead of looking to the person in front of us for a connection, So that when 
we are forgetting of human contact versus looking at a screen. We've all been to restaurants where the whole family is staring at their phones. You know, and for me, that's, that's really right. challenging because I think, oh, you have a precious individual in front of you. Don't miss this moment. But that is an example of where, whoa, we just went out of balance from if we could teach our children, you know, assist ourselves to know there's a time for everything. And I'm going to first make sure I sit and meditate. And I'm first going to make sure I set my intentions before I go to work or walk into the other room to be with my family. And then when it's time for me to do my work on my phone, to do research on YouTube or on the computer, I absolutely have that blessing of it, but I'm not caught by it. Once we're caught by it, we just become off, off balance. I see children particularly, and I say children. My, my kids are in their 20s. I still call them children. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. they, they have panic attacks if they can't find their phone in within three minutes. And right. I... I, I, I start to lean in that direction too and i try to i try to stop myself but i can understand what they're going through but i also uh am very fearful of that anxiety because i think that it's getting worse as you know new generations are being brought into the world without knowing a world before this before this technology yes yes you're exactly right and and it's our responsibility i think as as parenting the youth of the world is to assist them to really, you know, go within to those inner tools simultaneously. And it's not, it's not easy right now. Either, and at the same time, you know, I, I teach lots of children, and I've, I've been hired to go into school and teach children that have had um, learning disabilities how to sit and meditate and how to get really centered and set their intentions and work on gratitude journals before they start studying. And they've seen a difference in the, you know, in the productivity of the children. And when we can begin to assist our youth to know this is how we begin. We, yeah, there are no phones at the dinner table or there's, there's time and they go off at a certain time at night because now it's just family time or time for, you know, for us to do something as a, as a unit to remember we're still connected. We lose connection when we just go into our screens and it's got to be in balance. Yeah, it's kind of a paradox, too, because we are connected to the world, but yet we're disconnected from the people closest to us because they're the ones right yes. next to us, and we're not talking to yes. them, right? It's so it's so bizarre. Yes. We're talking tonight with Kim Stanwood Terranova. She's the author of a book called The Technology of Intention. Be, for, be sure to follow me on Facebook. Go to JVJ uh, Paranormal is the easiest way to find it, or JV Johnson on Facebook, and follow the page, like the page, whatever you do. I don't, I'm not even sure how all that works half the time. Um, we're talking tonight with Kim Stanwood Terranova, practitioner of truth from the Agape International Spiritual Center in Los Angeles, and we're talking about her book, The Technology of Intention, Activating the Power of the Universe Within You. Um, Kim, what is the uh, Agape International Spiritual mm-hmm. Center in Los Angeles? What's that all about? Agape is a spiritual center that is founded by uh, Michael Bernard Beckwith, and it is based on the, sci- the teachings of Ernest Holmes, and he wrote Science of Mind in the early 1900s. And Agape came from that teaching and then expanded beyond it and has its own wonderful spiritual base that goes all- we go all over the world teaching and, and speaking of the things I'm talking to you about, as well as there's a whole university there that's really about consciously creating your life, and it's a, it's a teaching and transformational studies. So we have over hundreds and hundreds of practitioners, as well as a team of ministers, as well as the, the, our lead minister, of course, is Michael Bernard Beckwith, who is a great spiritual teacher, has been on Oprah many times, has, has really been out into the world um, talking all about how we are creating our own reality and the pathway to do that. You've used the word minister. Uh, I'm just want to be clear here. Is this a, mm-hmm. is this a religious organization or a spiritual organization? Organiza- yes, okay, the spiritual yeah. house. Yes. Gotcha. Um, the book, Technology of in- Intention, Activating the Power of the Universe Within, first of all, or within you. Uh, first of all, this is, yes. this is, is it's brand new. Uh, has it been released yet? Is this, is this yes, pre-release? Yes, it's only been out, oh, six weeks, and we hit bestseller a few times. Oh, We're nice. very excited. That is awesome. Congratulations. What inspired you, you to what inspired you to write this? 
You know, JB, I've been working with clients for over 20 years, and I have been teaching about the power of intention. It's one of the tools in that self-care, you know, area, that self-care toolbox that I talk about so much, and it's one of the most powerful tools. And when I was able to start seeing how not only my own life was moving and shifting, when I started to consciously activate intention and my clients' lives were changing dramatically, it was important for me to make sure that it got beyond my clients and the large groups I talked to, but out into the world, because I know that this wonderful word, intention, is really being used so much everywhere right now. And so often, people will say, what's your intention? If you're in a yoga class, they'll always say, set your intention. Different places will ask us that. And I'm, I was finding that so many people didn't know the power of what they were doing when they set an intention, that they were really activating something that had potent energy to shift where they lived. And so when I started to break it down, that there's a technology to it. It's not just a random word. There's an availability to leaning into intention to create what you are desiring. And that's what inspired me because so many people's lives are changing. And I wanted to make sure that, oh, I want to make sure this gets out to everyone, that there's truly a technology of the steps to create it. So if if I had to break this down, because, uh, you know, we've all mm-hmm. used the word intention in one form or another, and we think we all understand what intention is. How would you break it down to its simplest form if the word intention means sure. what to you? It is, it's a lasered statement, an energetic force that we are placing into the universe of what we desire to manifest and create. So it's similar to a goal, but very different from a goal. And everyone understands a goal because we've all used them. Now, goals can be aimed at a certain circumstance that we wish to experience. So we will know it and we'll name it. My goal is to run a mile at this speed, and we will name exactly what we want. And that, that tends to be very successful, productive intentions. The difference is we still have a very clear aim But we're not determining the how because we're also allowing the universe to assist us to create it. So we're not, we're not pointed, we're pointed at a result, but we're not aiming that it's only this result because that is human made. Where if an intention, if we know my intention is to call forth unlimited happiness and joy in my business, say it's that. I'm not saying how, but I'm definitely going to be listening to the instructions to follow. And I'm pointing that this is what I want to experience in life, but it's not saying by June 1st, I will have, you know, unlimited happiness and success and this much financial abundance. It's accepting it now and absolutely allowing the universe to assist in the creation of it. The universe source, whatever anyone wants to call that, that energy that's assisting all of us. So if, if that's intention and that's how mm-hmm. we can harness intention to help achieve a a, a bettering of our lives, then what exactly is the technology that we're talking about, the technology of intention? Absolutely. The technology is that we get to activate ourselves, that we are absolutely connected to it. It's not that we have to look out and say, oh, somebody else can do this for me. That technology that resides within ourselves, if we line up and write really clear intentions, that there are always, there's three steps to them that are very important that they're always stated in the positive. We don't state intentions in the negative. That, In other words, I had a client come to me once, and he said, I understand. He just got out of treatment. He said, I understand. I've got it. My intention is to not smoke. And I looked at him and said, okay, can we change that just ever so slightly? (laughs) Because the not and the smoke was not in the positive and aimed at what he wanted. It was aimed at what he didn't want. So that technology is we keep it in the positive. We also write them in the present tense. It's happening right now. And then the third element of it is that we keep them in the qualities that you've heard me state. Like we don't aim for, oh, it's this dollar amount. It's financial abundance. I want to experience that so that we're aiming for the qualities of something and knowing exactly where our aim is. So as soon as we point and let go, my intention is to call forth divine harmony in my body temple or health and wholeness. As soon as we let go of that intention, we just did the technology of organizing it and creating it to go out into the universal field of consciousness. Then we get to allow spirit, universe, source to support it. 
And we are catching the inspiration that comes to us that says if all of a sudden, you know, our intuition guides us in a step in fulfilling that intention, we follow it. Does that make sense? It does. But I want to ask you about the negative versus not negative part of this. You use an example of someone saying, I will not smoke. And that isn't an appropriate way to do it because there's a negative in there. So how would you, using that specific example, how would you change that into the positive? Absolutely. When I, that day when my client said that to me, I asked him, because I believe we ask people first, can I please help you with that? And he said, yes. To move it to the positive, I just said, how about if you said my intention is to make choices that honor my body, to make choices that are of the highest health and honor my body? And right then he lit up and went, oh, yeah, I could do that. Because it's in the positive that he wants to shift the belief that he's reaching for a cigarette. He wants to shift to my intention is to make choices that honor my body. There's not a negative in there. And so then if it comes across him and somebody says you want a cigarette, he has a choice right then to take a breath and know what is the choice that is in alignment with that intention. And how can I support myself to living in alignment with that intention? It's not just a wish. We then get to practice each day in living in alignment with what the intention is that we set. So using the technology of intention here, and this is another real-world example, and it might be very, very similar to what mm-hmm. you just described with the I don't want to smoke anymore example. However, a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, one of the common things people try to do is lose weight. I know I need to do it. Yes. Uh, I've, I've set goals for myself, and I never attain them, and it's depressing, all those things. Um, mm-hmm. How would you incorporate what we're talking about here, the technology of intention, in that real-world example? Great. If someone was working with me regularly, we'd be doing two things. We'd be setting intentions. We'd also be doing any healing work, you know, to really look at what the, the dynamics of that weight on their body means. And I'll explain that in a minute. But if we're back to the intention, I would ask the person first, what is it you want to experience? What is it you desire? And they'd say, oh, my gosh, to release, you know, 10 pounds, 20 pounds, whatever it is. I don't want this on me. I want to feel strong healthy. I want to be able to move with freedom and not be in pain. So then from, they just gave me a whole bunch of information right there. So all I'd have to do is think, okay, so what I'm hearing is, would it serve you to have my intention is to make choices that honor my body in all areas to do with food, to do with exercise, that I truly make choices and listen to my body as I honor it and release any weight that serves me. So I didn't say a number, I said to release anything that no longer serves me. Because what happens there, if there's also mental beliefs, emotional beliefs that are holding the weight on, then we get to heal that as well. I had a client today, JV, it's so interesting you said this, and her body has been, she gets tired a lot. And when we started to really ask questions and talk about what went on in her childhood, and there was a whole bunch of things that were heavy on her heart. They were weighing her down. That when she started to look at, oh my gosh, that hurts my heart to even bring that up, that was so intense. As we started to heal it, she suddenly went, no wonder my body is so tired all the time. I'm carrying around this bag of beliefs and hurts that is so heavy, my body is exhausted. Now that is not that's that's all an emotional healing that must take place. Make sense? It does make sense. And maybe that's not the best way to use this. Maybe um well let me ask you, what's the what what are mm-hmm. the most obvious benefits? And maybe it's all encompassing that uh, people could realize if they uh if they begin to use the intentions in their life. The most obvious benefits are they start to see how they are participating in creating their lives and are not a victim to circumstances anymore. When someone begins to start knowing, okay, my intention is to, you know, have a good day at work. My intention is to fulfill all my duties at work today with ease and effortlessness. Say that was it. If prior moments they were being really bothered by someone they worked with or agitated by a certain situation, when their intention is clear, the actions begin to follow it and the other elements fall away because they're following what they just set out into the universe. Like, this is where I'm headed. Most often, we don't choose. 
most often we walk into work thinking, oh, my gosh, this is going to be a hard day because that person over there was not very nice to me yesterday and nobody returned my emails. And we carry a story of what didn't happen. And so then we just reenact it day after day, whereas when we start to become conscious, activate intentions and lots of other tools, but this intention one, when we start to activate it, the universe responds to it. And so we're supported in creating a new reality, not the one where we've been stuck. It doesn't happen overnight, but it absolutely occurs. It always does because this universal field is always responding to us. If we think we're going to have a crap day, excuse my language, we have one. <laughs> if we think we're going to have a good day, and then usually we're leaning towards calling forth a good day. But it's where, where is my, what am I accepting for myself today? It may be looking bleak, and I can still choose to walk in to wherever I'm at and bring the best, you know, version of myself in for this moment and be inspired instead of being stuck. I need some help understanding what we're talking about when you use the word universe, because we're talking about a power from within ourselves, but it's Mm -hmm. in some way connecting to a quote unquote universe. What is this universe? Is it, is it a divine presence? Is it this uh, energy matrix that some people talk about that connects us all? Mm -hmm. Help me understand this a little better. I love your questions. I just want to tell you that. Thank you for asking that question. The universe is some people are find it okay to say the word whether it's spirit god the universe there's an encompassing energy i believe that moves through each and every one of us and i believe it is love but there's an energy that runs through each and every one of us and god universe spirit is all interconnected to what honors each person a lot of people these days any kind of um you know element of of the, even the word God can trigger a lot of people. Some people, that's something that nurtures them. Others, not so much. And when we can come to the, to the, really to the center and say, okay, do we, do you feel a power of presence within you? And what would that be? A lot of people say, Kim, I just know it's an energy I'm connected to, whether it's the earth, whether it's, you know, a knowing that's inside of me that I believe connects us all. So the universal presence is like a universal term for that presence, whether it's spirit, God, energy. When somebody talks to you about uh, God um, and prayer, uh, are these things mm-hmm. that are compa- compatible with what we're talking about here? They seem to be. Uh, yes. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, the prayer that individuals, individuals, all we could pray in different ways. But the power of prayer has definitely been proven even scientifically at this point of where it can impact, you know, individuals when when somebody's holding someone in prayer. So prayer is a beautiful tool that many people are comforted by and use regularly. So in that toolbox of self-care, that is one that is well used. And some people absolutely know that they go straight to God is presence in prayer and others go to the universal presence that feels more universal. In, in this time, I believe that our acceptance of one another, whatever we call it, <laughs> because I believe there's room for all of us to have our, in, our own intimate connection to that presence, whatever it is, and to honor each other's connection to it without having someone be wrong or right. And I think, Katie, that's what, when I was growing up, you know, it was hard for me to find a place they really accepted others' belief systems, and that inspires me in life right now to know that, wow, I could have a conversation with someone who maybe has a different belief than I do, and I can still know that we are still connected on the, in the level of humanity, and where can I just hold compassion for that individual and not have to make them wrong? You obviously uh, have worked on this book for quite some time, and it, it was, it's was it been released, you said, six weeks ago, into a world mm-hmm. that is very, very different than the world was when you started writing it, I'm sure. Yes. How, yes. I mean, it's almost impeccable timing in a way, because there are so many people looking for answers 
and dealing with things in their lives that they haven't dealt with. And I know we talked about some of the benefits that have come, some of the mm-hmm. silver linings here, but there's still a lot of stress. There's still a lot of Absolutely. searching. Uh, so what do you think about the timing? I mean, is that, is that almost, uh, is that fate in a way? I mean, it's, it's very appropriate. I, it's very appropriate. And to me, it's, it's fulfilled intention. It's a perfect example of fulfilled intention. And I would, I would love to share with you this, this piece that was really insightful for me in that point. When I began writing this, it was a couple of years back and definitely had um, some challenges going on in life that would I'd bump into looking at time to finish writing the book. But I knew that it was to be done. About, it was most, it was, I can't say, it was three quarters of the way maybe done. When about a year and a half ago, um, my home, my retreat center, because I live up in the Malibu Mountains, everything was taken by the Southern California fires in one night. I oh, lost wow. absolutely everything I ever had in I'm my life. I'm so sorry. Wow. And, and, and my children's you know, life. We made it out, but in, in less than a few hours, it was like everything. It was just unimaginable. And when I, I had time to grab two dogs... <laughs> two computers, you know, and um, a bag of one pair of jeans and one pair of tennis shoes and some important documents. But the first thing my mother said to me is, did you get the book? And I said, that's so interesting. I grabbed the computers and there it's in there. Now, I stepped into a time in my life that is one of the hardest things that has ever happened to me. And I've had some big challenges. This just toppled right on top of the rest of them. But I had a full tool bag of meaning I knew that in the midst of this, I had been living a life of practice, you know, I call spiritual practices, that were going to lift me through really one of the biggest challenges ever. And I moved six times in one year, had, you know, seemingly no place to go to move to, no clothes, no place to see clients. Business was, you know, that building was gone. Everything was gone. And in the midst of that, this book was finished and published. And what what I find interesting is, wow, it was definitely supposed to be out here. And who knew? We did not know it would be published right at this time in history. But in the midst of one of the hardest years of my life, I set that intention years ago that this book was to be released in divine timing, land in the hands that it could help those people the most. And here it was released even through the fire and not a place to live. And at a time that we're in the midst of this, it's, that to me is a perfect example of fulfilled intention. I set that intention and I couldn't get in its own way. The universe was already taking it to create that. Nothing was going to stop it from getting out there is my point. When you uh, were writing this, I've, I've, one of the things I've discovered with many of the authors that I speak with, particularly authors that are offering an insight into ourselves uh, that mm-hmm. we may not have noticed before uh, I find that the author, that him or herself, learns something in the process. Did you learn something along the way? Oh, my gosh, I learned so much. I learned that um, I learned how to be more gentle with myself because I am um, was raised to be like really hard worker, get it done at all costs. And I really learned to be more gentle with myself. And I also learned the depth and the power of what the book is about, and because I've lived it, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, it just wasn't a story. It was here's a uh, here's an opportunity to see if this fits for you. That it really applying it changes lives. And I've had so many clients come and say to me like, "Oh my gosh!" Before I lived a life of intention, I had no idea what I was about to open up. And when we open up, when we say, this is my aim, we have to get ready that transformation occurs. And sometimes it's messy. And in the midst of it messy, the tools are still working. And I'm still in the midst of it that the birth of this book came out. So it definitely taught me so much about the power of it and the importance of us as beings on this planet to really be conscious of what we're creating and the power we have within us in that creation, as well as how to be gentle with humanity and myself while we're all growing and bumping into one another. We have to be gentle with one another. 
We have to go to break here in just a couple minutes, but I have to ask you about this, Kim. I'm looking at an information sheet about the book, and one of the prep materials that uh, we get when we're getting ready to do it is have a discussion here. And there's a quote here. Uh, it says, Kim Stanwood Terranova has a direct hotline to spirit. Every time I sit with her, I learn something about myself. And it says Kenny Loggins. Is that the real Kenny Loggins? <laughs> It is. I will not put a pretend quote on there. <laughs> well, yes, it could have been a different Kenny Loggins. Kenny it could have been some other. He, he been... loves this work. <laughs> well, he's a fantastic musician. As a musician myself, he I've is. always respected his work for sure. So that's quite an endorsement. Tonight, we're talking with Kim Stanwood Terranova, author of the book, The Technology of Intention. Her website is her name all spelled out, KimStanwoodTerranova.com. You can get information about the book and a lot of other stuff. Kim, what's on what's on the website? What can people find if they go there? Oh, so much. All the different places that I'm speaking and teaching, as well as different aspects of places and ways I am of service. So whether it's individual, one-on-one, coaching and counseling, or couples, or I, I'm very blessed that I get to officiate weddings. There's all sorts of different places. I'm also a teacher at the Rhythmia Life Advancement Center in Costa Rica. So it, it gives the dates of where I'm at and when. And if people sign up on the, for the newsletter, I send ongoing information about all these topics and growing edges and places and ways for us to keep growing and evolving and staying conscious. Lots of good information. So I, I know that obviously you've got a book here that we're talking about that anybody can buy. Mm-hmm. You also do, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you do you speak to groups um, and, mm-hmm. and you, do you do individual consultations as well? Yes, absolutely. I still see clients one-on-one as as well as couples as i said and i i love it i know i'm my schedule is um presenting it as i'm speaking to larger groups most and yet at the same time i'm not willing to give up my time with one-on-one individuals because it's so fulfilling and it's such an honor to walk with people and watch them grow and evolve it's like it's profound the technology of intention, uh, activating the power of the universe within you. We've talked about some specific examples of how these principles can be applied to uh, affect a positive outcome in your life. Can they be applied to things like relationships or business success? I know you talked about money a little bit. Are all of these things mm-hmm. within within the uh, the realm of of uh, what we can affect positively if we if we uh, take advantage of some yes. of these principles? Yes, there is no limit, and and it's you know it's it's all energy that we're in the midst of creating. So it's so much fun to know whether we wish to create something different in our relationships, or business, or physical health. That it is the ability to use those steps I was talking about to know what is it we wish to grow in. Where do we wish to have more fulfillment in in relationships? You know, I have couples that come to see me and. Before we even begin their session, I'll ask them, what is your intention? What I ask them both what their intention is. And because then what happens is they bring into the room what they want to work on. So then, then when I know one says my intention is to, to stay calm and listen, you know, in, in the midst of all conversations, another one may say to communicate clearly. Well, right then they have just established how we're going to be interacting. So if somebody starts to get really upset, we can take a deep breath and go, hold on, we've got to come back to that intention. What was that intention? To stay calm while I communicate clearly. We have a framework to work in to create more. So I, um, I've asked my kids since they could understand me asking them this, all the way through grammar school, middle school, high school, the last thing I ever said to them before they got out of the car was, what's your intention today? And my intention in asking them that was for them to tap into what were they going to create that day instead of them getting out of the car thinking, oh, no, I, I so don't want to deal with this English class or I'm so nervous about, you know, that person that was mad at me. Those things could have been happening, but the where their attention was, because they were, you know, energy comes to where our attention is, their attention was on, oh, mom, my intention is to, you know, move through this English test the best way I can. Great. My intention is to, you know, make up with my girlfriend today. Great. At least they knew where they were placing energy and creating consciously. And their lives are different because they've been using these tools their whole life. How can we um, determine what the right uh, 
time frame for an intention can be? In other words, uh, can it be something that's, that's limited to an hour? Can it be a week? Can it be a lifetime? I think a lifetime of intention is magnificent. And there's certain things that are everything you just said, yes to all of that. It could be an hour or a day. So, so say, like with the book, I'll give that example. My intention was that book was fulfilled. It didn't happen in an hour, but I was not attached to the time for there. I just wanted it to be fulfilled in the most divine time. Yet, if I'm walking into an important meeting, that's in that moment. Before I get out of my car, before I walk into the building, I think, what is my intention here? And just by myself asking that question, all of a sudden I think, okay, what, I know who's in the room. I know what I'm coming here to share something, to express something, or to be a mediator for these two individuals to come together. So I get centered. It keeps me centered in the present moment. So I'm going to consciously create when I walk in that room. So that's in the second and then lots of times we could make it for the day. We wake up and think, what do I have before me today? I've, you know, and when we could look at what elements are before me today, what do I want to bring to those elements? Then the intention is for that. The challenge is most of us just wake up and go. Or like we started our conversation with tonight, we look at our screens and see the news or see something upsetting. And then we take that energy into our day before we even really take responsibility of, is that my energy? And do I want to take it into this room? And we have an ability to simply pause, take a deep breath, find something we're grateful for, and set an intention and then begin our day. None of that requires a screen. And all of it requires going within. That's so important. I, I, I love hearing yeah. I love hearing you say that. That one line, none of that requires a screen. I think that is so yeah. important. So important. Um, right? We... we, we one of the one of the things that you talk about, and it's important to this whole concept, is gratitude. Explain how that is. Mm. Gratitude is one of the most powerful tools. And um, at the end of the, and, and it's funny that it's, someone said to me, "Do you notice that chapter came at the end of the book?" And at the end of the book, there's a chapter called uh, "Gratitude, Celebration, and Acknowledgement," and those three elements are vitally important in this um, daily practice that I'm speaking of. When we are grateful for whatever is occurring in our lives, we are creating a field for more things to come to us that we appreciate. That's that part where it has been proven in science. What you focus on expands. If we're focusing on what we're grateful for, then more that we can be grateful for is attracted and comes to that. We can look at situations that are hard and still find something to be grateful for. What happens is, we not only grow in our level of appreciation, it keeps us in the present moment. We're seeing what is working instead of, you know, falling prey to being the victim in a situation. And so we're creating from that platform, not from lack. Gratitude is not leaning into lack. It's standing in wherever we're at. We're not making anything up. We're standing wherever we're at and saying, you know what, I'm grateful for this. Right after that fire, I was grateful that I had a place that night to put my head. And that's all I had. But I had a place to, and a pillow to put my head on. And I was grateful for that even through every tear. But if I would have just gone straight into, you know, down, 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 and couldn't find anything to be grateful for. And believe me, there's days it was hard to find something. Sure. But when we're seekers of what we're grateful for, then we are going to be living a life of appreciation, which then is it like creates a field for more good to land. I always say that, you know, when I look at airplanes, I'm like, airplanes create a landing. We have a landing strip to take off and land on. But do we as human beings create a landing field for more good to land? We don't usually. And if we're living a life of gratitude and then acknowledgement as well, that creates a field around us, an energetic field, for more good to land than we could even imagine. And that's when we're starting to say yes and thank you to things that we didn't even know were coming. So I ask all my clients to write a daily gratitude journal before they go to bed because it will neutralize negative chatter. When you go to bed thinking, today I'm grateful for this and this and this and this, and I ask at all children's retreats, small children, the second they could write, you know, let's write what you're grateful for. Now that there's not nothing in the beginning is that on a screen, they're writing it in their journal and it's 
remembering, wow, I'm grateful that I have, you know, my mom and dad. I'm grateful for whatever whatever a child can be grateful for, and they find the most beautiful things, and then they focus on that. Do kids write anymore? I know I have trouble writing anymore. <laughs> I put a pen yes, in my hand, and I, I'm not sure what to do with it, do with it half the time. <laughs> yes, I think I think some do, and I think it's I think it's a beautiful art. To, oh, absolutely! Um, keep practice that, you know. Yeah, it's I was journal I was, writing. I was a whole other practice. I was rather bothered, and I don't know if it's the same in California, and I don't know if it's national. I don't know what, but I know in a lot of schools they don't even teach uh, cursive writing anymore. They've just stopped. Oh, so bizarre! I can't imagine that. Yeah. So bizarre to me. Um, another, That's a lost art. <laughs> yeah, it is. Another um, concept uh, that you talk about in the book is the importance of practicing. What are, mm-hmm. we, what are we practicing here? Our practice is anything that gets us back to center. So when I began and started saying tonight, like how that, that place within that we have, you know, a powerful place within resides to make conscious choices, when it is muddled with confusion, we can't hear that inner voice or inner guidance. Our practice, and I say anything that brings us to center, because it can be a variety of things. So my practice daily is meditation, setting my intentions, definitely doing affirmative prayer. I go running in the mountains, and I'm connecting to the earth. That's like a regular ongoing practice for me. To, to touch the earth is an ongoing practice for me and bless it. You know, to write gratitudes and acknowledgments every day. Those are practices to read content from books that feed my soul. Now, I have clients that one of my clients is a, a famous surfer. His practice is on sitting on his board in the ocean. He's meditating. And he will look at me and go, that's the best meditation place when, for him to be still and listen to that voice within where he can neutralize the chatter. So... When I ask people, what brings you back to your center? And a lot of people say nature or um, some people it's prayer. Some people it's being of service for others. Some people it's meditation or yoga class. Whatever brings you back to, to, excuse me, to center is something to cultivate a practice in. Because, again, your practice builds the support for that tool bag to take you through those challenges in life. If someone's practicing gratitude and acknowledgement, and meditating regularly, are going to be more centered when everything gets intense in the world. <laughs> They're going to have tools. You know, so one of my tools is major deep, deep breaths. Like in our house, we take lots of deep breaths because it creates space to respond instead of react. That's a practice. And when we look at, wow, I could practice 15 minutes a day, five minutes a day, and I'm on, again, doing other things in technology all day. So we can do little practice, and it will still equal huge impact on keeping our lives balanced. Is this uh, something that's appropriate for anyone, any age? Absolutely. Kids, too? Anyone, any age, any time in your life. Kids, too? Oh, yes, absolutely. Kids, too. Yes, yes. When... um when I've, I've started, when I have retreats that I've had five-year-olds learning how to meditate, you know, how to use, uh, I'll play different games with them of how to use empowering words. Like, what's an empowering word? What's a disempowering word? How does it feel for you to keep them conscious of what language they're using? So it can be little bitty ones up to, I feel like we're eternal learners. We're evolving in any way. So do we want to evolve consciously or be asleep? And any, someone could, you know, have a life-changing experience at any age and come back out of it and go, whoa, I don't want to live the way I was living. And what do I have to adapt, change, alter, practice more of in my life to have a different experience? That could happen at any point of anyone's life. Give me some guidance as to how we can use this for someone who is struggling with a, say, a family member 
who is mm-hmm. who's suffering from an illness, something very serious. I know a lot of us mm-hmm. uh, have had been in that point in our lives, and I'm trying to go through things in my life where I know I've had real tough time just dealing with them um, and how I can mm-hmm. apply these ideas to that circumstance. Is there a way to apply it to a situation like that where you've got a, a family member or a loved one that's uh, seriously ill? Absolutely. When we are walking with a loved one who is dealing with some illness, physical challenges, it is a necessity, and it's hard to do, but it's a necessity for us to still be in self-care while we're supporting them because our, of course, tendency is to hold them, assist them, and sometimes hide where we're hurting, you know, knowing that we're walking with them through something very difficult. So, with, if we could take moments, uh, one of my clients right now, her mother was diagnosed with brain cancer. Mm. Now, both of them are coming to see me, and they're both actually really moving through this with a lot of grace. They're practicing every day individually, you know, really staying in, in, in gratitude, intention, journaling, reading, having bigger conversations with one another, really cleaning up any elements of hurt in these moments together, there's lots of tears and there's lots of expanded love because they're not shoving it under the rug. You know, they're not saying, no, it's all going to be okay. We're going to be fine. It's like, we're going to move through this together. And what is the tools we can use to care for ourselves while we move through it together so that whatever the outcome is, we still have evolved and grown in it. That's not easy, and it's absolutely possible. And these two individuals I'm talking about, when they both on their own do their own meditation practice when they wake up, they both, the the woman who's going in for her treatments, she sets an intention every time before she walks into that treatment. It could be to stay centered and just allow this, this process to heal my body. That's her intention. My intention is to be open to divine healing. She's opening that up instead of staying in the fear of where she could live, understandably. Yeah. But she's using this moment in her life to use tools that are going to alter her life. So it absolutely can be used at times like this and be very healing along the path. Because, again, back to that word gentleness, we can be gentle with ourselves in these difficult times. Because walking with the loved one when they're dealing with such trauma is is very challenging, and it is one of the greatest gifts we could give our loved ones is to be with them. So it's a necessity to care for ourselves while we're caring for them. What's your favorite chapter in the book? <sighs> is that like, is that like asking you which your favorite child is? You know, one of those one of those questions. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Um, I think the transfer, oh, wow, that's interesting. I started to answer, and then I just got an insight of, it's, it's, it's going back and forth. The transformation chapter is, is, I love that chapter, because when we're willing to truly transform our lives, I really love that chapter. And yet, I really love the last one, too, about the gratitude, celebration, and acknowledgement, because I've, I've watched the power of those practices really shift people's lives i don't know that's a hard question i love all the chapters <laughs> i'm sure you do what uh, we're, almost, we're almost out of time kim what um somebody buys the book reads the book what are you hoping they walk away with mm, i'm hoping they walk away with more tools in their tool bag to live a really awakened joyful life that they apply what they read and that it gives them insight to try that just to try some tools and see what occurs i really hope yeah, that's my prayer. And that they apply them more than just one day, you know, like they really know, let me, let me embody this practice for a while and see what happens. Do their own intention experiment and see what happens. Is this a compound uh, benefit here? I mean, the longer you do this, do you notice m- more and more positive results over the long term? Yes. What happens is it just becomes more natural. Right. You know, I, in the book, I have a line that says you practice your practice until your life becomes your practice. And athletes know that. And we get to know that when it comes to our internal practice, that we start to see it naturally. So at the beginning, people, something will manifest out of the blue. They'll turn around and be like, oh, 
that person over there helped me in this way, and that's the intention I desired. And they'll be, you know, like, oh, my gosh, this worked. And then when they keep applying, you know, conscious work and practices and staying in intention, pretty soon it becomes natural that they're like, oh, yes, that that occurred. Um, can I tell you one quick little example of that? Do yeah, sure. Oh, absolutely, yes. Oh, good. Um in this example, I was sitting on the land that doesn't have the house. It's, you know, our house will be built at one point, but it's now just trying to be cleaned up from the fire. And I looked out one day and I was thinking, oh, my gosh, I think I lost like 65 trees. I think I lost so many trees. It's And the wind was really, I was noticing the wind this winter. And I thought that's why I'm feeling it more. The trees really, you know, cushioned that. And so I was looking out, and I started to do a little research of, okay, my intention is to plant some trees on this property because it's going to take a few years for them to grow back to that height. So I just put it out there. Like, okay, i got to check that out, but that's my intention. And I started, I made me make one or two calls to some nurseries and got the prices of the trees, which were really high, and thought, whew, I'm going to have to figure this out. And two days later, I went running down the street to go for in that run in the mountains. It's one of my practices. Passed a neighbor who had already replanted all their trees, and they were growing beautifully. And I looked at them, and I said, where would you get your trees? I need trees. And he looked at me, and he goes, I, I grew them myself. I said, you're kidding. So are you going to be selling them? And he looked at me, and he goes, not to people like you. And then he <laughs> took a deep breath, and he goes, I'm giving them to people like you. How many would you like? He showed up to me the next day with 50 trees in the wow. back of his truck. He had no wow. idea I'd lost 65. And... I could have never made that happen. I never even knew he had trees. So the point is, I set the intention. The natural order was they were coming from somewhere, whether I bought them or whether someone handed them to me. But when we start living a life that we naturally start going, oh, my intention is this, without getting caught in how is that going to happen, I never could have imagined that. That was so much more than I ever could have imagined. Wow. Um, I imagine your travel schedule and uh, speaking engagements have been curtailed a bit here uh, due to what's going on <laughs> around the world. Um, but but at some point, you'll probably resume that. Are these things that people uh, can keep an eye out for? Are they public or are they private type events? Oh, absolutely public. Absolutely. I would love that. And when when I am in that city, wherever they are at and someone comes, please, please, please come up and say hello and you heard us right here because that just makes my day. Yes, I will be out and about again. Um, you know, we're estimating that I'll be teaching back in Costa Rica Arrhythmia by July is our guesstimation. And um, I have other travel dates for the book tour that will resume. And I would love, love, love to see people. And if they, if anyone signs up on my website, that's the way that um, those newsletters will let you know when I'm in what city or follow me on any social media. Yes. So sign up as and go to the website and they get an opportunity to enter an email address or something? Absolutely, yes. Perfect. And where can people find the book? Uh, Amazon. You can just really go on Amazon and order it up. And um, they've been shipping them out fast, which is great. It is great. Thank you so much, Kim, yes. for such an inspirational message and for spending the time with us tonight. Uh, appreciate your both your time and the message and hope we'll have you back on the show at some point. JB, I would love that. I'm truly honored. And thank you for, for your presence and all your great questions. This was so fun. I oh, hope we do it again. I hope so, too. Again, it's Kim Stanwood terranova.com that's the website you can get uh, information about all of kim's work there plus the book is available beyond reality paranormal is hosted by jv johnson and produced by orion palmer and slick eddie edwards like us on facebook and subscribe to our youtube channel please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform click on the link in the description or on patreon at joha productions if you'd like to be a guest on beyond reality paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest contact Contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.